hell is all about. I'm reading from the New American Standard, which is the best translation here. Mark 9:44. Hell is where he says, listen, their worm does not die and their fire is not quenched. And then again, Mark 9:46. Their worm does not die and their fire is not quenched. And yet again, Mark 9:48. Their worm does not die and their fire is not quenched. The prophet Isaiah said the very same thing in the very last book, a verse of his great book. The last verse, which so God was trying to sink something into our minds. In fact, Christ was quoting from this verse. From Isaiah 66, verse 24, where it says, They shall go out and look on the dead bodies of the men who have rebelled against me, for their worm shall not die, and their fire shall not be quenched. So, what does that mean? How is that the heart of it all? Well, it means, and listen to me, that people as we know them today will not be in hell. No, it means their worm will be in hell. Their worm. A worm will be all that's left. We saw this when we went through the book of Romans a number of years ago. Some of you may remember. This is what's left over in a person once all that's good is gone. Right now, you may be living away from God. But thank goodness, He's not living away from you. Because all that's good around you, all that's good inside you, comes totally apart from you, as in, no thanks to you. Say with me now. The Bible says, whatever is good and perfect comes to us from God above, the Father of lights. Right now, I tend to think of what's good in me if I'm not watching it. I tend to think of what's good in me is mine, right? We take credit for our virtues without our even thinking about it as though we created them. But someday, all men will see just what was theirs and what was God's. Right now, many people are living apart from God, but they are not separated from Him. And good thing, much as they think they'd like to be separated from Him, and that's because even while rejecting Him, they are still, we're all still swimming in His goodness and mercy, and we're filled with it, with it and we're breathing it in and out with every breath we take. There's still such beauty inside them and all around them. But someday, it's all going to be stripped away. Everything that's not from God will have to go. Because that's how they've chosen to live. And once you take it all away, all that's good, all that's God, all that's left will be a worm. A loathsome and malignant mass of ingratitude and selfishness and pride. In spite of all this goodness. Let's say for the sake of argument that some beautiful actress, you know, died apart from God. And we'll keep a safe distance. Let's say it's Greta Garbo, okay? How could he send her to hell? Answer, well, appearances can be really, really deceiving. We all know that to be true. Some beautiful actresses, you know, end up being hell to live with, right? Because appearances can be deceiving. A smiling beauty can end up a toothless witch. So beware who you marry. Really get to know them. I won't ask for a show of hands as to who's discovered that, but some, they are. 
So they, a toothless wish. So, so let's just push that a little bit farther, okay? Apart from God, the soul that we call Greta will not at all resemble the body of the Greta that we knew. Because the beauty of a woman is a gift from God. And whatever compassion she may have had, or generosity of spirit, or joy, however you know, humble she may have been, it's all from Him. Because whatever is good and perfect comes from God above. And hell is where he'll give them what they've chosen all their lives. Their selves. And if they've not chosen him, what will they have to show for it? What else will be left? Well, it's really hard to imagine. Because right now we are also infused with the goodness of God. We can't see people as they really are. Sometimes we do, maybe, you know. There are rare exceptions like, say, Hitler, right? Or Stalin or Saddam Hussein or whoever. But God sees and God knows. He knows what he's given them. What's his and what's theirs. And he says this in the book of Romans, looking down with the one who really sees, he says, no one is good, not even one. That is on their own apart from me. No one does good, he goes on to say, not even one. So much so that, again, C.S. Lewis said, hell's doors are locked on the inside when it's just them and not God. He went on to say this, either we say, listen to this, either we say, thy will be done, or he'll say, all right then, have it your way. I'll give you what you've chosen all your life, life without me. Having forsaken him for so long, he'll forsake them. And their worm shall not die, and their fire shall not be quenched. He also said, all men have the evidence they need to seek after him. Just look around you, right? Everyone who seeks me, he says, will find me. We saw in Romans that he judges men not by what they haven't seen or heard, but by all that they have seen and heard. And I don't know about you, but I think the Africans, he can take care of them. The question is us. I think we've got a lot of light around us today, don't we? And you're about to see a whole lot more because there's another place that the Bible talks about a worm. There's actually someone who's already become one who said, I am a worm and not a man. Someone who knows more than any other man, woman, or child who's ever lived that Satan is real and hell is real. He said to his disciples in the Gospel of John, John 14, I don't have much more time to talk to you because the prince of this world approaches. He could see like we can't see. That's Satan. But he has nothing in me. He has nothing in me. That is unlike any other man, woman, or child who's ever lived on the face of this this earth. There is no evil in me. He has no claim on me. No, I'm going freely into the very jaws of the evil one and his powers. Because Satan and all his legions were there that night to destroy him, the only begotten Son of God, this teacher's pet, as he saw, as Satan saw him. All the powers of darkness had come to play and they'd found their way into the temple, into the crowds, into the courtroom. They even disarmed the disciples. In John 13, it says that Satan had entered into the heart of Judas to betray him. Oh, yeah, Satan is real. 
And when he had gone outside to do the deed, to betray him, uh, as Judas opened the door and closed it behind him, it says very simply in verse 30 of John chapter 13, it was night. John 13, 30, after receiving the morsel of bread, Judas immediately went out, and it was night. Oh, it was night, all right. It, it was the night of nights. What a night it was. What, what a cup that he took to drink. What, what a kiss. What a prayer. It says, being in agony, he was praying very fervently, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but thine be done. He prayed a prayer that you can be sure uh, melted the heart of heaven. And it shook the very timbers of hell. When it seemed like the only love left in the world was the love of money, the love of power, the love of self, the love of innocent blood, uh, which is man without God. Oh, it was night all right, a living hell, when his loss was total and his pain was torrential. In a way we can even only begin to imagine. The Bible says he became sin in our behalf because uh, he became nothing but sin. Listen to me, and uh, here we get to the point, uh, with nothing good within. He became sin. He said, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? Remember, that's hell. The absence of God. Life without God. He was quoting Psalm 22 there. Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I find no rest. And then he goes on to say this. I am a worm and not a man. Do you get it? He was separated from the Father, from all that's good, all that's beautiful, all that's worthwhile in life, so we wouldn't have to be. And what did that look like? The prophet Isaiah said he became like one from whom men hide their faces. Many were amazed when they saw him, beaten and bloodied, and get this, so disfigured, one would scarcely know he was a person. That's hell. He became what we would have become so we wouldn't have to become it, though we deserved it, and he didn't. He paid the penalty for our sin. He went to hell so we wouldn't have to. So we could spend eight weeks talking about heaven. A new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, this is the opposite of separation. Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell, not away from them, but with them. Thank you, Jesus. Far from being separated, we'll be united with you as the one that we chose. And they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. But the cowards who turn away from me, from all that's good, and the unbelievers and all the others, their doom is in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur. I just couldn't get these words out of my mouth this week, the ones that we skipped over. And uh, out of my mind, I mean, and I couldn't get these words. Uh, I couldn't stop thinking about them, preacher. Tell them Satan is real. 
It's sweet to know that God is real and we know that heaven is a real place where joy shall never end. Don't we know that? Amen. But sinner friend, if you're here today, Satan is real too. And hell is a real place. How could a loving God send men to hell? Well, they as much sent themselves there. How could a loving God send men to hell? Wrong question. The real question is this. How could God have been so loving that He gave His own Son hell and not us? That He sent His own Son to hell for us? Just like the most famous verse in the Bible, John 3, 16. How many of you know it? Raise your... For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish in hell but have everlasting life. And to receive the free gift of eternal life, all you got to do is this. Just admit who you are apart from Him and believe that He became that so you wouldn't have to and accept Him into your heart. Accept Him into your heart and God will accept you. It's as simple as that. And He'll give you a whole new destiny. So, when you think of that place, the first thing that should come to mind is not wrath. Well, yes, wrath if it focuses on Christ, but not wrath, but grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound, that saved a wretch like me. Do you know we changed that from the original to be politically correct? Originally it read, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound, that saved a what? Worm like me. That's the truth. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. And how can we talk about heaven apart from this, apart from hell? This song sure doesn't. Remember when we've been there 10,000 years, right? Shining as the sun. We've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. This is one of the most famous and beloved songs of all time among people of all faith, and it's the heart and soul of the Christian faith alone. Some of you may have seen Bill Moyer's special on it on PBS, on Amazing Grace. It featured Johnny Cash. He sang it. Judy Collins, who did too. Jeremy Irons. Jesse Norman, Gene Ritchie, Marion Williams, all of whom and many more have been impacted by this song. Seems everyone has sung it. In fact, I looked it up on iTunes this week. You know how many versions of Amazing Grace you'll find there? Go there once you get home. My finger got tired clicking all the pages. I kid you not. There were 9,066 versions of Amazing Grace. 9,066, and you can be sure, count and counting. Because you see, it touches on something deep in the heart of every man, woman, and child who's ever lived on the face of this earth, something we all know to be true, that deep down we're all in the same boat. We're wretched without Him. Just look at what's going on in the world around us. That's God letting man rule himself. It touches on something that's too good to be true, that we'll be with Him forever, that there will be no lack of days to sing His praise, that He became a worm in hell apart from the Father so we could be glorious in heaven with Him. God's grace strikes at the heart of every human need. It delivers us from the hell that many people create for themselves. And the bottom line is this. Grace woos us to open the doors of our hearts before it's too late. Doors which all of us, without exception, 
have locked on the inside in the face of His grace. Now, we're going, we'll be going a little bit long today, but I'd like to say just a few more things. This is too important not to. In a bit, you'll be hearing from Johnny Cash. Some of you know that he knew the meaning of grace. Like the Leuven brothers, he knew that Satan is real and that hell is really real. He'd been there and back over the years of his life. But by the, by the end, he came back home. Like maybe you need to as well. You won't go to hell because you made a bad start. No, you'll go to hell because you made a bad finish. So there's always time. Maybe you're a Christian, but you've fallen away like Johnny Cash did. Maybe you've been raised in hell like the Lubin brothers, though you knew better. You've been living through hell on earth, and it's time now to come back to where you know you belong. Maybe it's, it's not been hell for you, but it's been pretty barren. You've been wandering a long time, and you need to uh, commit your, recommit your life to Christ. Maybe you've never come to Him, and you know it's time to finally unlock the door of your heart because you feel Him knocking right now. Because He's a gentleman, and He will not force His way in. Or maybe you're like the disciples who all fell away before the ruler of the world came. The ruler of this world is coming again. You can see it in the world around us. Maybe you're like the disciples and you fell away then and you want to prepare your heart for what could very well be some very difficult times to come, to stand up for Him now as the sign of your resolve that you will stand up for Him then. That you'll not fall away from Him. Deceived by the Satan that's real. Like the Bible says, many will. If you did this last week, maybe he's telling you something else. And I'd come down again. Once in the light of heaven, right? That was last week. And then the second time in the light of hell. The two foundational doctrines of the Christian faith, both of which bear witness to the most important word of the Christian faith. It's highlighted in the very last book, the very last chapter, the very last verse of the Bible. The most important word, amazing grace. Just look around you as grace is shining down on you all around you, as goodness, as beauty, as glory. What better place to do something that you'll never forget? I know I need to come. And so... I hope I'm not the only wretch down here. (laughs) Join me now and join Johnny Cash. Whoa. 
have a moment of silence. Close your eyes, bow your heads, and anyone else who wants to come, you can do it now. Father, how could we not give our lives to you, given all that you've given to us, all around us, as we see so clearly today, all that you fill us with? And so, Father, we just pray that by your grace, you would give us all the strength to stand. And for those who might have felt the prompting, but for some reason it's not today, we pray that you'd give them another chance. Thank you that you will, you will, because you're the God of second chances, all the way up to being a thief on the cross who made his decision there. And he was with Christ in paradise. Oh, Lord, it's amazing. Thank you for your amazing grace. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you'd like us to pray for you, we'd really like to pray for you. Uh, We'd really like to do that. We've got some elders here who um, would do that as well as a few others. So if that's what you'd like, just stay seated uh, until we're dismissed. And it won't take very long, just a few minutes. But... um, I think we can say, no matter what happens in light of all this, even if it becomes hell on earth, we can go into the world in peace, have courage, hold on to what is good, honor all men, strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the suffering, and above all, share this gospel. Love and serve the Lord in the power of the Holy Spirit. And may the, what? Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen and amen. Thanks for coming. You're dismissed.